and welcome to episode 152 of the Fight Podcast. I am your host, Serge Vicente, and today we have an amazing show for you guys. Today, you know we're going to go ahead and jump into our weekend recap. So, on today's menu, absolutely, we have to recap UFC Boston. Where does Chris Weidman actually go from here? Greg Hardy. Yo, every time this dude fights, there's some kind of drama. Something goes on. I want to praise dude, but something always happens. We'll talk about Greg Hardy and his drama. We'll also talk about the IBF and the WBC Championship this past weekend in the light heavyweight division. And is Bitter Biev the best light heavyweight in the world that is boxing? Come on, guys. We all know this, especially after his amazing um, TKO win this past weekend. Conor McGregor. Your boy is in the news once again. And he had a Twitter meltdown. His feelings, his feathers were ruffled. His feelings were hurt. And he went out there and started attacking everybody this weekend. We'll talk about his meltdown. And absolutely, we're going to talk about Bare Knuckle FC. And uh, their big fight with Gonzaga versus Bigfoot and so much more, man. So like I said, yo, on today's episode, we have so much while that's happening, remember each week we got to give a big shout out and love to our sponsor that's Sage Eats, sageeatschicago.com. Check them out. Healthy meals, fitness mentoring, apply 10% off your first three months, man. Uh, put promo code FIGHT for 10% off your first three months. Check them out everywhere social media is, is also so at Sage Eats Chicago. They'll take care of you guys. Just let them know Sergio from Sage Eats sent you. Or should I say from the Fight Podcast? Ha! <laughs> also, um, with that being said, remember, man, check us out everywhere podcasts are available at the Fight Podcast. Um, that's iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher. Tell your friends this is the best combat sports and culture podcast in the world i am the underground king the best host in combat sports and culture sports media let your people know rate subscribe download all those good things and follow us everywhere like i said podcasts are available soundcloud apple google play stitcher all those good ones as well as check us out everywhere social media is at the fight podcast and follow me at serge vicente man hope you guys had a great weekend a lot happened a lot of fights fights were on friday night I know some people were a little bit bit out of shape. I even got some people in my mentions like, yo, Serge, what's going on with this? Hey, man, once the UFC is now on ESPN, things get moved around for other sports. They had Sunday night or should I say Saturday night football. So the boxing fight with top rank as well as the UFC fight night all got bumped to Friday. But I'm going to be honest with you guys. I like that. I like having fights on Friday, man, finishing up my week, coming home, pretty much rolling up, hanging out, man, and just finishing up my week, sitting here watching fights on ESPN literally from 7 p.m. to like 1 in the morning. Oh, a fight fan's dream. At least it's mine, man. I love it. I actually really enjoy having these Friday night fights. Now, I'm not going to stunt. Saturday, I had no clue what I was doing. 
I ended up staying at home and watching Veep and cleaning my house, man. But aside from that, yo, I love it. I love um, that that happened. So we had a lot of fun weekend. Obviously, we're going to recap all of the fight action of the week. Um, NBA regular season starts this week. I don't know about you guys, but I'm excited about that. I'm a huge NBA fan. I even was a guest this past weekend on the Ben Jaworski show. Ben Jaworski is a political analyst here in Chicago. Um, He works with the Chicago Sun-Times and the Chicago Reader, one of the best political shows in the country. But he had me come on. And we did talk a little politics. We talked about LeBron and his China, you know, fiasco just not just lebron espn you know all of them you know saying nba everybody um with the fiasco they had going on with china so we discussed that in terms of geopolitics but then we got into the nba and we had a lot of fun pick making all of our picks um talking about how the bulls are gonna do and so much more i will have clips of that up on my personal social media very soon that's at serge vicente and um i will have a link to the entire episode coming up very soon for you guys so that's what we ended up doing this weekend we had a good time with that um and check it out it's really dope when you start seeing and i talk about it all the time i talk about how great the sport of MMA is. I talk about how much the sport has grown and nothing more shows that when a Chinese fighter cannot get into this country because of visa issues and Senator Tulsi Gabbard comes to the rescue, is helping our new champion at 115 pounds, Zhang Wing, and... Uh, Zhang is actually training up there with um, Tulsi Gabbard. So that was actually really dope. They actually both put it on their social media. And man, Tulsi looked like she a little bit in shape. And I mean, I don't know if she's going to be a good presidential candidate. But in terms of uh, (laughs) all of the people currently running, I got my money on her for fight breaks out. So let's give a big shout out to uh, Tulsi Gabbard and uh, Zhang and everybody with um, Team um what's it called up there in uh, milwaukee um they're actually knocking it out and hanging out with her up there man so good stuff with all of that all right man um but without further ado let's go ahead and jump into the menu for the week ufc boston Brah. yo this fight card did not disappoint dana white always puts together an amazing card once the UFC goes to Boston. Granted, that is his hometown. If I owned a huge organization every time we came to Shy, I 1000% would put on an incredible show. So they did just that. And they let it off with an incredible fight with a lot of title implications. And I'm talking about the main event. I am talking about Dom Reyes, the number four guy in the division going against the former champion at middleweight, though, in Chris Weidman. This fight turned out, I'm not going to lie, differently than I anticipated. It starts off, the crowd is going nuts. It's been an amazing card. A lot of Boston guys winning. So there was a lot of energy in the atmosphere right from the jump. Chris Weidman, he's from New York. 
the Boston fans actually were cheering for him. So there was a lot of that going on. You felt it in the, you felt the atmosphere. You felt the energy in the building. The fight kicks off and Chris does exactly what I anticipated Chris do. And that he goes in and tries to work his wrestling. One thing he didn't expect, and I think a lot of people didn't expect because, for instance, Dom, uh, uh, Reyes, his last time out, looked like he was susceptible to the takedown. Chris is All-American, one of the best in the business. So we all anticipated that he was going to be able to take Reyes down. Bah! Well, leading up to the fight, Reyes was asked about this and he said, hey, you guys saw this last guy take me down. That's Volkan Oznamir. Don't get it twisted. This won't be an issue from now on. And he was right. It wasn't an issue. He was chucking Buddy off like he was nobody. Chris Whiteman had a deep double leg. Got in on his hips. Did everything perfect. Hands clasped behind the butt. Once that happens, you used to seeing people go for a ride. I think something that a lot of people didn't take into account is how huge Dom Reyes is. And not only how big he is, yo, this is a dude who had aspirations to play in the NFL. He's somebody who is a freak athlete. So you got somebody who's huge on top of being a freak athlete. Oh, and let's go ahead and teach him how to strike and anti-wrestle. Well, guess what happens? He anti-wrestles, he gets space, and then once he ended up getting the separation that he desired, my man uncorked. A huge straight left hand. Boom. Chris Weidman never saw it coming. Drops Chris Weidman. Chris Weidman, bless his heart. He was out there really trying to, again, stay alive, move his hips, dodge punches, throw a couple up kicks. Look, we saw Nico Price last week knocking out James Vick with an up kick. Could it have happened again? Nah, it didn't. Two, three hammer fists later, man. Chris Weidman's knocked out. Dom Reyes is on top of the cage. We have a new contender at light heavyweight. This dude's the real deal. And I know we look at it and we sit there and say, oh, I don't know. He has a couple holes in his game. But at the end of the day, he's ranked number four. Number one, Daniel Cormier. He's already taken an L. Number two, Thiago Santos. He's taken an L and tore everything in his knee. He tore his all CL. And then you have the guy who was in the booth, and that's Anthony Smith. And even Anthony Smith himself said, hey, man, we all took an L. This is the guy who deserves the next title shot. And I agree. Does he have a couple of holes in his game? Yes. But what does he bring to the table that separates him from everybody else? One he's seen, and we all could agree on this, we've all seen John Jones slow down. We've seen everybody get progressively closer and closer and closer. I'm talking about Anthony Smith. When he went out there, it was a close fight. Thiago Santos, it's a little closer. Is Dom Reyes going to be the guy? Dom Reyes, long reach, 80 inches. Dom Reyes, huge dude, very difficult to take down. 
If we've seen anything, we've noticed that John Jones struggles with athleticism, durability, and size. All of which Dom Reyes has on top of still having that swag, still having that, that aura of an undefeated fighter. That's who John needs to fight next. And don't get it twisted. John, being the schmuck that he is, didn't, didn't let Chris Weidman have a moment. He, he wanted to let these dudes understand that they don't belong in there. So John goes on social media and he ended up saying, Chris Weidman believes John, he puts up a tweet, right? That The tweet is split screen. On one side of the screen, it has Luke Rockhold getting knocked out by Jan Blakovic. On the other side, you have your boy, Chris Weidman, getting knocked out this past weekend. The caption itself says, Yo, before you guys come, before you guys come to my weight class and start talking shit, make sure you can get past a few of my contenders first. Hashtag welcome. Look, man, I am not a fan of John Jones the person, right? I'm not going to mix my words with that. But I'm going to be honest with you. He's dead ass with this. He's so right. These guys came in. Both of them had a lot of success at, at middleweight. Both of them have been champions. Everyone expected that. Look, they got a little older. They put some size on. They're going to do work at the next weight class. I even thought that. I think everybody, all the pundits, all the media person, all the fighters, everyone believed that that was going to be the case. And all of us were dead ass wrong. Luke Rockhold, we saw what happened to him. Now Luke Rockhold's going out there and even Ariel Hawani of ESPN went out there in an interview with Luke Rockhold and Luke Rockhold says, I'm be honest with you, fighting's the farthest thing from my mind. I don't know if I'm fighting again. Now, even though Chris Weidman went out here and said, no, I'm coming back, it's whatever, you got to think about it. And is there a reason for Chris Weidman to actually come back? He climbed the top. He's been to the mountaintop. He beat the one everyone said was the GOAT in, in Anderson Silva, and he did it twice. One devastating knockout, one by leg shattering. Go back and look at Chris Weidman ever since that fight. Since that fight with and to end his two, so he beats Anderson Silva, he beats Vitor Belfort, he beats Leota Machida, and then he gets Luke Rockhold. Since Leota Machida, he has six fights, five losses, all five losses by devastating KO. It gets to a point in time where we got to say, fam, enough is enough. What's going to happen? What, what if, if you continue fighting at this level? Look, if you can't get past the guys this weekend, if you can't get past Dom Reyes, I hate to break it to you. You are not winning a title. You got dropped by Kelvin Gastelum. You got knocked out by Jacare Souza. And let's not even pretend he can compete with Israel Adesanya. What is there left for the man to prove? I think it's time for Chris Weidman to be an amazing coach. 
and end up sailing off into the sunset, man. It's over. It's done. Dom Reyes is what's up now. I hope that this fight happens, if not later on this year in December, which I believe it could happen. Otherwise, obviously, Q1, I want to see John Jones fight Dom Reyes. So, all in all, great title fight, but the rest of the card was also fire. We have to talk about the people's main event. And it seems like the UFC actually does this relatively often, where the co-main event is the people's main event. It, d- it might not have title implications, but it's the one we want to see. It's the one we get excited about. And that was the co-main event. It was the rematch. I throw up the air quotes because the last fight only lasted 15 seconds because not because of a knockout, but because of an eye poke. So less than a month later, the fight gets put back on the card. It's the co-main event. Now, it was a five round main event. Now it is a three round co-main event. And I'm going to be very honest with you. That played into this fight. It absolutely played into the fight. Even Dana White, after the fight, admitted that he should have made this fight the main event, and it should have been a five-round main event. So what happened? This fight goes back and forth. First round, you have to give it to Yair. Second round, it was close, but Yair had by far the biggest moment. Lands a huge body kick, something that Jeremy Stevens has consistently proven he has been hurt to the body. The only time he has ever been TKO'd in his career was against nothing other than the former king in Jose Aldo. Jose Aldo lands a huge body shot, ends up finishing him. What did people do? What did Yair do? My man threw a body kick that sounded like a home run. It sounded like Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, and Ken Griffey Jr. all balled up in one, hitting the hardest home run they could ever hit. Actually, scratch that. We throw off Mark McGuire. We're going to throw on Barry Bonds. Those guys hit it. That's what it sounded like. Crack. Jeremy Stevens goes down, but he showed his toughness and durability. He didn't give up. He kept on shooting to the point that at the end of that round, he ended up on top of Yair Rodriguez. Third round comes out. Jeremy Stevens overwhelms. And honestly, we can argue a possible 10-8 round. Fight comes in. Unanimous decision win for Yair. Both men, even though they had crazy beef, they hugged it out. I want to see this fight again. Do they want to fight each other again? Probably not. They both took all kinds of damage. But at the end of the day, this was an incredible fight. And it makes sense why both of these guys are, one, rating so highly, but they're also so close in the standings. Yair was number seven. Jeremy Stevens was number six. What should happen next? We all know what should happen next. Go down the list of featherweight. Go down the rankings. Who doesn't have a dance partner? Yair has won 11 out of his 13 fights. Who is the only guy that he can move up, but also possibly use him to catapult himself into stardom? None other than the guy that I just talked about, Jose Aldo Jr., the former champion at 145 pounds. And again, 
he becomes the new litmus test. We've seen how this works. Max Holloway gets through him. He's the champ. Volkanovsky, Alexander Volkanovsky, he gets through him. He gets a shot at Max. If Yair can get through Jose Aldo, you get a shot or you're in contention for a title shot. And then we'll see what happens with the winner of obviously that fight and the winner of Brian Ortega, former title challenger against the other former title challenger in the Korean Zombie. That's happening in a couple weeks. Another amazing fight in this another thoroughly stacked weight class, man. I can't wait to see what happens. Jeremy Stevens, look, he's going to be here. He's not going anywhere. Give him another top 10 guy. He's going to do work. So I can't wait to see. Hopefully, and we might possibly be able to see those guys fight again. In fact, who should he get? I think Jeremy Stevens should possibly get the person who loses in that fight against Brian Ortega and um, the Korean zombie, because then we'll end up seeing who moves forward from there. All right. um, Keeping the party going, man. This is where, in my opinion, uh, I don't know, man. Greg Hardy. Greg Hardy ended up fighting um, on this card, and he he fought Ben Sassoli. Ben Sassoli, the former rugby player, Australian dude, um, a lot of fun to watch. He never really get this was his UFC debut. He got a shot on the Contender Series, didn't get to compete because he got poked in the eye. Okay, this fight starts off Greg Hardy undefeated as, or should I say, once defeated because of disqualification. There's always something. I haven't been a fan of him because dude put his hands on women multiple times. Once you do that, for me, you're you're off the list. That's the exact same reason why I can't fuck with Chris Brown. Everybody loves his music. They dancing and pop locking and all that good shit. I can't. He beat the shit out of, out of Rihanna. We act like we don't remember that. I can't call that dude king of R&B. He beat the hell out of one of the sexiest women in the world. For real. So how can I be a fan of this dude when I don't even think he has a great fighting style? One man makes great music. I can't get behind him. The other dude beat women and honestly isn't that great of a fighter to this point in time. How could I get behind him? But friend of the show, friend of mine, Dean Thomas who also a lot of people called into question this week. Spoke to him. The man says, nah, he's turned over a new leaf. He's one of the hardest working dudes in the room. I got nothing bad to say about the man. Okay. Okay. I I trust Din. I trust his judgment. So at the end of the day, I guess we could let it rock. Granted, Dean trains this dude. Dean also gets a bit of my man's purse. So, with that being said, eh, we'll, we'll, we'll all hold it, right? But the fight kicks off. Greg Hardy looks like a beast. I mean, physically, ugh, dude is jacked. He's huge. He goes out there and he's extremely imposing. Ben Sassoli, obviously not as big, a little softer around the midsection. But he has big power. He ends up cracking. 
due with a huge combination first round. And it seemed like after that, Greg Hardy never wanted to re-engage. He caught a couple big shots. He didn't want to play anymore. He ended up staying on the outside. He never really pulled the trigger. It wasn't an impressive fight. He got better in terms of throwing a great straight right hand. I give him that. He used to throw a lot more looping punches. He threw like a straight right hand. Um, I, I guess I can say he's difficult to take down. But being the super athlete that he is, there was nothing that he did that really, I was really high on. It wasn't. And then he goes out there between the second and third round. He's sitting here and you can absolutely see him starting to gas. And this is where it got funny. Out of nowhere. And they literally have the camera on this dude. He looks over at the commissioner and says, hey. Hey. Can I get my inhaler? And for some reason, the, the commissioner is like, yeah, sure. And then Den Thomas passes it to him. Ah, I'm good now. Thanks, guys. My man in between rounds literally took an inhaler. Hey, man, I don't know if any of you guys have ever been in a cage or a ring or anything, played football or anything. Yo, I wish I could sit there and take an inhaler. That's a part of the game. So he goes out there, he takes an inhaler, and right there, everyone who was listening freaks out. Everyone who was watching it. Daniel Cormier, Dominic Cruz, the um, Trevor Whitman, everyone who was associated with the broadcast is like, yo, that's illegal. They even bring in Kevin Ioli. That's illegal. Everybody says it. The fact that everybody says it's illegal, why did it get through? How did no one catch it? The fight finishes up. Greg, Car Greg Hardy gets a unanim unanimous decision win. Not impressive. Fight ends up giving overturned, right? Overturned. Greg Hardy does a whole song and dance afterwards. I'm pissed off. How do you think I feel? I have had, you know, uh, inhaler all the time. And look, yes, this should. This is an error by his team. And we can all sit there and say, okay, look, his team should have had his back. But at the end of the day. As fighters, we all know you cannot sit there and take anything that is going to help. Well, I have, you know, he said he goes out there and says, oh, I have, you know, um, stress induced asthma. Well, no shit, bro. So does everybody else who competes in a cage. That's stressful. You're going to get asthma. You better work through it. But he didn't do that. And that didn't end up happening. So he gets to no contest. And then he goes out there on, on afterwards and pretty much complains. Every woe is me. He does this whole song and dance woe is me. No, bro. I'm not letting him off the hook. I'm not letting his team off the hook. His team should know better. I don't care what the commission said. You know that it, it's an inhaler. It's a mistake. I get it. But you should all know better. Even the goofball and Greg Hardy. And here it is. It does come to a point in time that it, it cannot always be. And look, this is stuff that I got to tell myself even. Fam, it's no one else's fault. You cannot continue looking around and trying to place the blame. 
you have to pretty much do it yourself. And I say this for a couple different things. It's not just this fight. Remember, his first fight in the UFC, he got disqualified for kneeing in the face a downed opponent. He blamed not understanding the rules. Fam, that's as plain as day. Don't knee the dude who's still on the ground. But he was tired and he was desperate. And guess what? He was tired and he was desperate again. And he went out there and and yes, he won the fight. But every time he got hit hard, he did not re-engage. But he didn't want no smoke. He didn't want the smoke, unlike Matt Barnes and uh, and Stack, which uh, I just actually checked out their podcast this week, All the Smoke Podcast. This obviously isn't a plug, but look, I'm a huge fan of uh, Steven Jackson and Matt Barnes. Uh, both of them used to play in the NBA. I started paying attention. They have a podcast that actually came out Monday morning, um, actually, which is today. And uh, they pretty much went out there and it is an uncensored. It is pretty much this show just for NBA. A lot of good fun. Um, I, I really like both of those guys. So all the smoke, whatever, shameless plug. But speaking to somebody who doesn't want the smoke, that definitely is Greg Hardy, man. So look, I'm not going to waste no any more time speaking him on Greg Hardy. Um, it's time to see him compete against somebody who is worthy. Let's see him compete against some of the top guys in the world. Then we can continue pretty much seeing exactly where he is. Then we can actually say if he's real or he's not. Because I'm going to be honest with you. I'm leaning towards no. I don't believe he's real to this point in time. But we'll see. Um, The biggest upstart. The biggest prospect on this card has to be Macy Barber. Macy Barber goes out there and defeats Jillian Robertson. Jillian Robertson is somebody who I really respect. She is somebody who is with ATT, one of the best teams in the world, and she fought against Macy Barber. Macy Barber now trains and lives full-time in Milwaukee at Roof Sport, the team that I couldn't think of the name earlier, but... They got go. He would. She went out there and absolutely did work. Ended up getting a TKO win in three minutes and four seconds of the very first round. She at 125 pounds looks huge, and I don't say that to to talk trash on weight or nothing. I'm talking about she seems like a more physically imposing, in shape, strong, muscly girl. At 125, it seems like it is her best weight class, and she throws absolute bombs. This was somebody in the top 15. Now, she deserves somebody in the top 10 after this performance, which was an amazing performance. And remember, Macy Barber in that UFC's, should I say the ESPN's um, top 25 fighters under 25 years old, Macy Barber came in at number five. And she's only 21. She has aspirations to end up being the youngest champion in the UFC. She has over 800 days 
to make that happen. Will it happen? I don't know. Do I believe she has a skill set to beat a Valentina Shevchenko? Not to this point, she doesn't. But I believe she does have an opportunity once Valentina starts kind of going down a little bit in about the next two years, maybe? Then, possibly, we could end up seeing her. Macy Barber, I'm going to be honest with you guys, though, is two fights away from a title shot. She is. Let her get Paige Van Zandt, who she has been calling out consistently. Paige Van Zandt, speaking of not wanting smoke, seems like she doesn't want the smoke. Paige Van Zandt, someone who is one of the bigger superstars in the sport, but she's also gone out there and pretty much admitted, yo, I make far more cash on IG's posts and IG, you know, thotting as opposed to I do fighting. I don't know, man. I don't know how I feel about that. Look, I, I believe, yo, get your money. Let, let, let's lead by that. I always believe in getting your money. But in terms of saying, look, I'm not going to fight this person because she does not deserve a shot against me. Yo, Paige, who the fuck do you think you are? Let's be honest. Paige Van Zandt is ranked number 13. 13. She's not ranked in the top 10. She's not one of the best in her division. She doesn't have the ability to call her shots. Macy Barber does. That's a fight that even Macy Barber said that they are planning on having that December 14th. We'll see if it comes to fruition, but I'm going to be honest with you. If it does, and she does what I believe she is going to do, and that is beat Paige Van Zandt in a decisive manner, I'm telling you now, call it. People are going to be wanting her to fight against Valentina for that chip. She won't be ready. And if she fights Valentina within the next six, six months, oh, she gets scuffed. But they're going to be asking for it. Let's see how the UFC brings her up, man. Um, all in all, look, that was an amazing card. It was a lot of fun. Even with the undercard, there was a lot of interesting fights. Unfortunately, Darion Wynn, who is um, uh, the teammate and protege of Daniel Cormier, took his first professional loss. I had him winning. But again, it's one of those fights that you sit there and you have to see what is what. More importantly, though, the fight that I really want to highlight is Joe liaison joe lozon um beats his opponent joe lozon is a legend he's a legend in the sport he is somebody who i said before has 15 post fight bonuses <laughs> let's make that 16 he is out here an absolute beast this was the perfect swan song he lost his last two in a row by ko came back looked in the best shape of his life Got a couple new coaches. Got a new strength and conditioning coach. Physically, I've never seen Joe Lozon look better. Fights an up-and-coming prospect and just completely beat his ass. Goes from the jump, sharp striking, bang, bang, bang. Drops him. Puts him in the funkiest hold. Has a half Nelson, reverse half Nelson. 
were essentially, and think about this position, take your right arm, put it behind your head. Think somebody is grabbing that arm and forcing you to hold that position. And then they proceed to punch you in the face. That is how Joe Lozon got the finish in the very first round, 133 of round number one. Congrats to Joe Lozon. Did that in his hometown. Did that at the Boston Garden with all the fans cheering his name. I hope he retires. This was, he has nothing else to prove. This dude is incredible. He is actually finished. 23 out of his 25 professional fights. He got retired for his ever of his wins. So he's, he's out there getting work, man. He's out there finishing people, man. Um, huge fan of Joe, man. I'm glad he won. One of the first people that I actually started watching way back when he beat Jens Pulver in his UFC debut. So salute to the man, Joe Lozon. And everything that he's done for the sport, man, he is definitely one of the OGs of the sport. All right, boxing. This weekend, we had a number of different things. Not only did we have bare knuckle boxing, we had one of the best title fights on paper in the world. And it actually showed out. I'm talking about Artur Berbiev against the man in Voizdik. Again, this is somebody whom Voizdik, 17-0, 14 KOs against Berbiev, who was 14-0, 14 KOs. I told you guys beforehand in our boxing episode, which I believe is episode 149 of the Fight Podcast, I told you guys that leading up to it in the amateurs, better be have knocked out Voizdik in the second round. This fight, you can almost see that there was a somebody like there there was a hesitancy in, in for from uh, Voizdik's team and his side. He looked incredible in terms of boxing, right? And even on at the time of the stoppage, two, two, two out of the three judges actually had Voizdik winning the fight. I didn't, but a lot of people, two of them did. He ended up just getting overwhelmed and beat up and just, he ended up getting dropped by um, just pressure. Pressure and power um, ended up getting the victory in this one, um, now better BF is the WBC, the IBF, and he is the lineal light heavyweight champion. There are two more light heavyweight champs out there. We have the WBA champion in Sergey Kovalev, who is about to fight Canelo Alvarez, and the WBO champion in Bivol. Who is the best at that weight class? And I'll be the first to tell you, it is the lineal champion. Technically, is he better? No. But everything that he has to offer, his pace, his style. Dude, he's like the Khabib Nurmagomedov of boxing. He's going to grind you out. And he has a lot of power to boot. So what do I want to see next? Look, man, I want to see him fight Bivol next. We already know Kovalev is tied up with Canelo. I have Canelo winning that fight. But at the end of the day... I do not see Canelo staying at 175. Canelo fighting Bivol, or should I say better, Bev at 175 is a bad idea. Somebody who is naturally bigger and does not have the 
body issues that Kovalev has. He's younger. He's stronger. Oh, and let's not get it twisted. Better be if actually even beat Kovalev in the amateurs. Dude is a beast. He's the best of this weight class. Um, I know he's 34. He at least has another three solid years in him. So uh, salute to him. I can't wait to see what happens next in this weight class. Bare Knuckle FC. Bare Knuckle is still here. They're still doing their thug. And they had Gabriel Gonzaga against Bigfoot Silva. I talked about this fight in the past. I told you guys. I didn't know it was going to happen. But Gabriel Gonzaga goes out there and gets the second round KO of your boy Bigfoot Silva. It's sad to see him getting touched up like that, man. Bigfoot gets touched up often and consistently. I hope we don't see him fight again. But great win for Gonzaga. And look, great win for uh, for Bare Knuckle FC. They keep putting stuff on. You had Vandalay Silva in the crowd. You, you had Rumble Johnson still holding it down. There are a lot of people that are actually consistently showing interest in Bare Knuckle, man. And now you have so many more organizations. You have Valor. The, I mean, it seems like people are starting to like it. It's kind of wild, but it's true. All right, man. Um, moving right along in the menu today. Who are this weekend's winners and losers? And I'm going to be honest with you. Let's start with the winners. Obviously, we can say Macy Barber and Dom Reyes. Two prospects got past tough uh, tough wins. And, you know, now people are actually looking at, at looking at them as legitimate title contenders. Paige Van Zandt, or should I say not Paige Van Zandt, Macy Barber was on the Ariel Hawani show. She is starting to get eyes and ears. And everyone's looking at Dom Reyes as a legitimate contender to John Jones and somebody who might actually have the key. Even Daniel Cormier, former champion at, at, at light heavyweight and heavyweight, one of the greatest fighters of all time. And in my opinion, the best color commentator that the UFC has, aside from Joe Rogan, he himself said that he believes that Reyes' size his speed and his athleticism is going to give John Jones issues. I agree with him. So that's what we got out of this fight. We, we've proven, we've seen, we've sifted it out. And now we have two legitimate title contenders, man. You got to give it to that. Losers, I got to go Greg Hardy. Another thing happened. There's always drama following this dude. And if drama continues following this dude, the moment he gets a legitimate loss on his record, people are going to forget about him. And they're going to say, I don't care. We don't want him here anymore. And I'm telling you now, I see that coming sooner than later. And lastly, come on, man. The biggest loser of the weekend is none other than the notorious one, Conor McGregor. Look, man, y'all know how I feel about Connor. I think he was great at one point in time. I think he is still the most popular combat sport athlete in the world. I think that MMA would not have gotten to the point of popularity that it currently is without Connor McGregor. With that all being said, dude is a clown. And he continues proving that he is a clown. 
And the fact that he is the biggest loser strictly because Dana White was asked this past weekend. Yo, Connor's the man. He gets to call the shots, right? Dana White responds and says, no, he's not. Khabib Nurmagomedov is the man. He says he'll be back next year. Talking about Conor McGregor. But Khabib's the man now. Conor isn't the man anymore. So Khabib gets to call the shots. Yeesh. That had to hurt. Dana White has always been the one that's had Conor's back. Nope, Conor's the man. Nope, it's Conor. Yep, Conor, Conor, Conor. Well, Dana sees the writing on the wall. Dana also understands that Conor McGregor has not won a fight in three and a half years. He understands that he fought the champion and got destroyed by the current champion and is a terrible stylistic matchup against the number one contender. Conor McGregor also takes a loss this weekend because he has been trying to pick a fight with Frankie Edgar. Frankie Edgar is, yes, the former lightweight champion, but he has since fought at featherweight, he's lost two in a row, and now he is going to fight at 135 pounds. Conor McGregor's fought up to 170 pounds, and he's saying, I want to fight with the little guy. What? What are you doing? You're punching down. Nobody respects that. And that's why nobody respects the fact that John Jones is trying to call out Israel Adesanya. Why are you the bigger man calling out a smaller dude? And even Dana White was like, yo, that's, that fight's not happening. Are you crazy? No. He'll be back next year. So again, he's a loser this weekend because of that. And then he goes on Instagram and he freaks out. Should I say he goes on Twitter and he wigs out and he pretty much goes out there and says, what do you mean? I'm not the guy. And here, I'm going to pull it up because I, I don't want to misquote the man. Who's not the man? Your man had that marquee event, did he? More like an event in a marquee. A tent in the fucking sand it was. Keep spoofing to yourself, horse. Jockstrap sniffer championships. Obviously, that's a shot at that Nate Diaz and uh, Jorge Masvidal. And as well as Khabib. Fam, you're not main news anymore. You haven't fought in a year. You haven't won in over three and a half. Get over yourself. And let's toss on on top. Another rape allegation just popped up. Boom. So are we again, like I've talked about in the past, are we seeing one of the greatest demises in combat sport history? Are we? Are we in the midst of it? Look, man, we'll see how the story goes, but I'm going to be very honest with you. If Conor McGregor goes out there and fights against anybody in the top five at that lightweight division, he takes a loss. He better just have a good time slinging whiskey, yo. He's making a lot of money, making a grip slinging whiskey. If he continues slinging whiskey, he's going to be fine. They have a thing in Russia today. He's out there encroaching on your boys in Khabib's territory. That's cool. Do your thing. Sell your whiskey. But in terms of getting in this cage, in this ring, proven time and time again that he's not about that life anymore. And at the end of the day, if he's not about that life, 
We got to move past them. All right, man. All in all, it was an amazing weekend of fights. Um, this week, we have some fun, man. There's still a lot of great fights. Boxing, not as much. MMA-wise, we have another amazing event. Um, it is actually headlined, headlined by... Let me pull it up. Bang, 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 bang. Pulling it up by somebody who's not even here. All right. Uh, regardless of the fact, UFC's big fight this weekend. Hold on, man. I can't leave you guys out there hanging. Now that I'm out here even talking about it. Ah, Damian Maya versus Grappler's Dream. Damian Maya versus Funky Ben Askren. Ben Askren making his first appearance since his loss to Jorge Masvidal. This fight is in Singapore. I'll be breaking that down um, later on this week. I will also have a special episode, something that we're going to consistently start doing, as well as a huge announcement this week. Um, and like I said before, we also have everything from the Ben Jaworski show and my appearance this past weekend will be up everywhere this week as well. With that being said... Thank you all for listening. This has been a episode 152 of the greatest combat sport and culture show in the universe. The Fight Podcast. Remember, each week we are brought to you by our amazing sponsors. It's Sage Eats. Sage Eats Chicago offers healthy meals and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT. For 10% off of your first three months, follow them everywhere, social media platforms at the fire at Sage Eats. And also check us out. Follow us. Communicate with me. I've been telling you guys, I've been getting a lot of great feedback from you guys on thefightpodcast.com, as well as a lot of mentions and talk during my at my um my social media at the fight podcast and follow me at Serge Vicente. I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. Make sure you let everyone know where to find us at the fight podcast, everywhere podcasts are available iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and uh, again, thefightpodcast.com. I'm your boy, Serge Vicente, the best host in the universe, the best combat sports and culture host out there, the underground king. Love you guys. Episode 152. We'll holler at you guys next time. Deuces! Deuces!